Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast, or Flawless AMP, for those of you who've struggled to find us. My name is Grant, and I'm joined by co-hosts Liam. Hello. And Georgia. Georgina. Georgiana. Come on, get it right. Pardon me. Each episode, one of us will propose an album that we consider flawless, and what that means for to each of us. That does change (laughs) as... Um, our opinions change and today is my turn which I feel privileged for and I've nominated the 1993 debut studio album from a band called The Counting Crows. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy our review of the album. All right. Um, As I said, Counting Crows, debut album, 1993. Four singles off it, uh, being the most popular that almost everyone from uh, the 1990s may remember, being being Mr. Jones. They then, in December 93, uh, went on to round here, 1994, The Rain King and A Murder of One. Um, it's important to note that the album is called August and Everything After. Correct. <laughs> Ta-da! It is, indeed. And um, they actually, that August and Everything After didn't feature on the album mm. um, in and of itself, which I found, found interesting. So um, a bit of the history around it from my side in South Africa, uh, it was arguably the first, uh, or certainly it is the first music review or album review that I ever read um, mm. in around about December of, of 93. Uh, where they said that, contrary to popular belief, Mr. Jones is not the only decent song <laughs> on <laughs> August and everything after. Uh, in fact, it's one of the one of the one of the weaker ones according to the review. So um, they certainly sold me um, on that. Uh, the, the, whoever whoever wrote that in, in what was called a U magazine at the time. Um, and uh, yes, so there we go. How did you guys? I'm, I'm intrigued as to Liam. What have you heard of the album? Had you heard it before? I had. I knew who they were. I'd heard Mr. Jones and Round Here. Yep. And then, um, and that was it. I'd never listened to the album or paid any attention to them. Um, they were, the, those songs, they were big on like the rock radio sort of sure. stations. Yep. Um, and then I found out as I was listening to it that I also knew A Murder of One because that was used in an episode of Scrubs, yes. which is one of my favorite TV shows. And I, like watching Scrubs, I'd never realized that was them. Okay. And it was only when I listened to the song, I was like, I really know this song. And then I sort of Googled it and I was like, oh yeah, it was used in Scrubs. So yeah, those were the three that I knew and had never paid any attention to anything else that they'd done. Okay, interesting. So you've not listened to any other albums either? No. Right. This is definitely my first wow. album exposure to them. Very fresh, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Very fresh from yes. 93. From Correct. 93. <laughs> yeah, I was 25 also gonna ask, years ago. You say it was you magazine? Like, is it a, yes. was it a printed magazine? I'm assuming yes, a correct. printed magazine. Literally yep, nice. printed magazine. So like a South African one? Correct, yeah. Yeah, cool. um, yeah I mean, I might liken it to, I suppose, the, the is it who in... In the UK, well, there's enemy was probably. Yeah. One of the well, ones, no, this so. is like it, would, it was actually bizarre that it would have been half a page in 100 or 150 pages of utter 
drivel. So like no a more of a celebrity magazine or yeah, still a music correct. magazine? No, okay, abs- right. abs- not a music okay. magazine at right. all by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Um, literally half a page review on in this, um, yeah, mm. pop music. Oh, anyway, no, yeah. not, certainly wasn't music related. <laughs> right. And I happened to have read it and gone, hey, I need to listen to these guys mm. more. So interesting. George. So, uh, yeah, my parents bought this because in 93 I was but a babe. Um, and my parents bought it and played it. I think my father played it to death um, at one point and I I loved it. And so uh, it was the, I always attribute the Counting Crows and this album as the reason I picked up a guitar. Right. <laughs> so um, wow, like huh? it's the reason I played, like my parents are musicians, right? So mm-hmm. I had, gu- we had guitars, violins, percussion, piano, straight, like everything in our house um, growing up. And my father was the guitarist, but I didn't think he was cool. So I was like, whatever. And then this album came out and I was like, I think I can play this. I think I can, p-. and I, it was when we got the, oh, we got the internet, uh, which meant that we wow. also got, uh, I got access to online tabs, you know, like, and chords yes. for song yeah. and stuff. Sure. And this album, because it be- blew up, it, I could get the chords for it. And so it's how I learned to play guitar, uh, not by my musician parents uh, who could have taught me, but it was because of this album. I wanted to learn how to play some of the songs from it. So that's how I learned different guitar chords by via the internet um, that I had to drag the computer from the dining room table across the to the um, telephone socket and plug it in if I wanted to access it anything at five o'clock in the morning so when no phone calls were due and all that kind of stuff mm. in order for me to bring wow. up these tabs and bring up these chords and uh, learn to play and that's how I taught myself I taught myself guitar to this album so what I'm hearing is the two of you, Queen Street Mall, George with a guitar, sharing vocals, <laughs> doing this album in full. I think you'll find when I sing this, I don't share vocals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry, sorry, Grant. You're out. That's fine. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, happy for the four chords in the background. That's me. There's a, a time where I was doing an open mic in in Brisbane and uh, I was playing around here just because uh, like it was pretty dead. So I was just playing around here by, sure. um, from this album because I love singing it. I love enjoy and I really enjoy belting it out at the end. Um, but then two guys walked past and like, started applauding me and I was like, you know, cheers. And it turns out that they're two award-winning songwriters in the country music american like country music uh realm to the point they write for carrie underwood um they wrote like jesus take the wheel and stuff right. like that nice. and they were, so they were like really really important dudes who well i came by just for a coffee like next door to this open mic mm-hmm. and they stopped to listen to me sing and applauded me and i i was just like oh so you look like you play guitar and they were like yeah, yeah, we, we kind of play a, a bit. A little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just and, a bit. Yeah, and then they came up and played and blew everyone away, and it was amazing. But it was they stopped only stopped because I was playing a Counting Crows song. So just saying, we like Grant and I. Grant brought this song to uh, brought this album, but this was gonna go on my it was gonna go on my list. But I thought Liam would make fun of me, so I didn't put it on my list. Right. <laughs> Liam makes fun of people, and that's, that's it, fine. Yeah. I've got to get comfortable with that. Knock yeah. people down. You know? just be like, "You're not a middle-aged dad." I'm like, "Oh, I could be." <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's so I've known about the record since it came out, and it, I've got quite a, a love for it. So did you? W- w- which songs did you learn to play on the guitar? Literally all of them. Literally the entire record. Wow. I learned to play because not all of them have got guitar chords, yeah. you know, Correct. like some of them, like if you're listening to if you, the opening of the album is um, the, yep. please cut that bit out, Liam. Um, but 
I learned to play that, but then the rest of the, al- the rest of the song doesn't really use chords. No. But it, for me, in an acoustic guitar, I needed to find out what the chords were. So sometimes I'd, fig- I'd learn them from the internet, and sometimes I figured them out. Mm. So I learned to play the album start to finish on the acoustic guitar until wow. I got into metal. Sure. Yeah. As, as one does. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. It's a natural progression. Natural progression. Dovetail, yeah. Metal. Yeah. Well, I learned Counting Crows, and then I learned, like... Uh, uh, some Nirvana, and then I learned like Deftones. Um, yeah. So that was my profession okay, the, of guitar. I'm, Supernatural I'm, progression. I'm disappointed to find out there was something in between. Like, I really just wanted to go Counting Crows, Deftones. Metal. Counting Crows, Metal. Yeah. Yeah. As a seamless. So, Counting Crows, Dream Theater. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no, Counting Crows, and like, um, what are they called? Dragon Force or something? Yeah, Dragon yeah. Force. Yeah. That would have been great. Like, nice. Unfortunately, no, my, uh, my guitar prowess is very similar now as it was back then. I've played in punk bands and folk bands since, so it's just chords. But yeah, so I'm glad that you brought this album. So it's on your head. On my head. <laughs> uh, look, I'm super comfortable for, for that. Yep, no shame. Pre- prematurely balding scalp that it is. <laughs> um, well, yeah, look, uh, I suppose w- a bit further, a bit, f- bit more into the background of, of what. Um, really resonated with me in, in relation to the album was, uh, you know, let's start with Round Here and, um, you know, the, the opening, you know, um, I suppose, uh, not quite chords, but um, guitar solo there and then he, he, he talks about... Step out the front door like a ghost into a fog where no one notices the contrast of white on white In between the moon and you Angels get a better view of the crumbling difference between wrong and right. We uh, did a song review by, with a student tutor on the opening track uh, and um, really analysed, or, or attempted to, pardon me, with Adam, Adam Duritz and what he may, what may or may not be going through, have been going through his head when he wrote it, um, around what the song is about and specific reference to uh, the girl in the car in the parking lot who says, man, you should try to take a shot. And he was uh, of the opinion that that relates to a photo taken of a girl who's committed suicide in, uh, and there was a photo taken of her in the 1930s and the 1940s and she looks so, so peaceful on wrapped with a car literally wrapped around her. She's jumped off this building. Um, and he, he actually brought that picture into uh, the classroom at the time, which I think, to be quite honest, is a credit to the English teacher who um, allowed that um, mm. and that those sort of you know, heavy topics in the you know, early 90s or mid-90s were discussed. Um, and I would never have, have thought that that was what Adam Duritz was talking about um, when he references a girl in the car in the parking lot. And if you see that picture or that image, it's, it's quite unforgettable. I showed it to, uh, to Emma um, a couple of days ago whilst re-listening to this. And she just looks like she's sleeping and there's literally this crumpled metal around her, um, which is a car, and she just looks like she's asleep. Uh, additional references to... Um, Oh, I forget about something along the beach and she, like she's walking on a wire uh, in a circus and how that um, the, the, the ocean tides, it means that to walk along that uh, the edge of where the ocean meets the land is not an easy thing to do either and there's this person that's just hanging on by a thread. So round here really resonated with me uh, from, from that specific review perspective. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then you go into this Omaha somewhere in the middle of America and you go, oh, this is sort of just this, you know, American sort of hum along. This is a, this is a nice one. And then dovetails into, into Mr. Jones, which again is arguably or, you know, to their detriment what, what Counting Crows may be remembered for, although yep. they've got many, many, many um, good songs on different albums. Um, but uh, I can talk about this for ages. So, <laughs> so let me uh, let me let me go to Liam. What were your thoughts initially of of it? What, what um, what's apart from Mr. Jones? Yeah. So I was listening to this album on headphones, which is what I normally do. I found the production levels really weird. Like at, at times when it felt like they they really should have been hitting something in like like a really full sound. It was really quite almost stripped back. Like you could really pick out the individual sort of drum and guitar bits and there weren't like a lot of layers to the guitar which I found really unusual compared to what I was expecting to hear like I thought oh yeah there's sort of that more of that sort of that poppy middle of the road sort of rock stuff and it, you, you usually feel like that's going to be sort of like that bulked out sound and it's just going to be sort of filling that space whereas they sort of they tended to leave a bit more space in the stu- in the production I found which was really unusual okay and you've already sold yourself down the river, I suppose. Yeah, pretty George. much. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's okay. No, I found um, I found the beginning. Of, it was very daring for a studio album like this to start with a song like Round Here. Mm-hmm. Um, to start with, it's so refrained. It's so quiet. It's so, um, like, it's just got that little riff to start with. I thought was really daring. Um, and I really resonated a lot with lyrics in this record um, because Adam Durrett's in an interview, I think it's been discussed that he also he gets dissociative disorder, which is something that I have, which is where you sometimes experience your life as if you're stood watching yourself and you're not living it. And so a lot of his lyrics come across, even though they're about himself, they come across as if he's talking about a different person because he because of the way he projects. And I I resonate with that massively, and it comes across with some of the poetry of his words. Um, in because he he writes writes most of the songs and he's had some collaborate. Yeah. I think Mr. Jones is one where he had uh, quite a few collaborators, but um, yeah. So we can share we can share the wealth on that one. Um, sure. So for me, yeah, for me, the lyrics were always really important. Um, like my mother's one who you know she would listen to something and as long as it's got a nice melody, that's fine. She doesn't care about the lyrics. She couldn't tell you the lyrics to anything mm-hmm. um, apart from Leonard Cohen and she sings them badly at me. <laughs> but uh, this. Uh, for this she just likes some of the she likes humming along um but i learned the words to every single song and i learned the chords to every single song and um even now i can look back and go relearn new i can learn new things about songs so yeah something like omaha is kind of like a pretty standard you know just talking about i can imagine he's been on tour with his old band and he's talking about being in a particular place and all that kind of stuff um and then as much as we give grief to Mr. Jones, yeah. it does have merit. Of it course. is a fun, awesome song. And it's just a song about him and his mate going out, watching his mate's dad playing guitar. Mm. And he always references a woman called Maria just because yes. it's easy. I think it's just like I've got other artist friends who always use a particular woman's name for okay. every single woman in their life. It's just under this one name because it's yeah. not like there's, there's always an Anna, an Amy, a Maria, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. even though their their real names are something completely different. So, um, and they collaborate and they'll bring them all together. And yeah, I, I, so for an opener, I thought that they were really nice songs. I think 
um, round here was quite daring to start with if they were going to be what listened to as more of like a rockier kind of rocky sure. like alt country folky whatever whatever they want to be kind of band it was quite refrained yeah. do you think that that uh, having said that he's got the social disorder which i wasn't aware of that maria is part of him don't know couldn't i couldn't tell you i'd have to ask him have to tweet. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll Tweet him. Tweet yeah, him. tweet him. Like, sure. Dear Adam, I heard <laughs> that you and I... Interested in your thoughts. Saying, yeah. Um, but he's very open about discussing the true meanings of the songs. Mm-hmm. Like, there's... Like, not a lot of bands will do that. They're quite personal or mm. you'll be quite private. But he's like, nah, he'll give you a good good chat. Mm. I found, yeah, generally there wasn't a lot of uh, subtlety in the lyrics either. So, I mean, obviously not necessarily knowing the specific incident. Sure. But, with Omaha, for example, greetings. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, if you want to talk about, you can. There's ways to sing about Middle America without going, hey, this is Middle America, and it's Omaha. Omaha is the Middle America, mm. and then sort of, I guess. Yeah, there's that very straightforwardness to a lot of the lyrics. Like it's like that heart that matters more line. It's like, yep, this is the this mm. is what I. You might think I'm trying to hide it, but no, I'm just going to come right out and say it. And that's like that's the meaning behind the whole song. Mm. Look, I think that's 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 probably an accurate um, assessment. To be honest, I've never I haven't necessarily listened to the album um, from an analytical point of view in the past. Or I mean, why would I have? And and however, uh, you know, track number five, Anna begins. Um, it is probably certainly reiterates your point mm. when you guys, you know. I think that that's uh, yeah, probably Adam to a T if he's mm. if he's honest and um, you've you've seen them live, I suppose, as a. As an observation, would you like to recall that experience? I have seen them live, um, and I wish I hadn't, mm. unfortunately, um, because I think by the time I saw them live, um, they I think they, they're tired of some of the songs that I love the most. Sure. Okay. So, uh, when was when, that? Pardon? What year around about? It would have been about four, four years ago. Oh, okay. So it was quite it was recent. So sure. was, yeah, about four years ago, back in, in the UK. Okay, yeah. Yes. Twenty-one years after this album came out. Yeah, so yeah. So I think I'd be sick of it too. But exactly. So um, they would do things like they would um, split a song in half, play a different song in the middle, and then carry on with the song. Um, and they play at different tempos, and they play things. And it's like, I, they did put on a show, but it felt more like, I think I was hoping that I was going to listen to, part of you know like part of my life by childhood and growing up and sure. stuff I was hoping to hear like this cookie cutter version of it and mm. then I actually heard what they wanted to do instead which is fine um but I kind of wish I had left it and hadn't gone like I I, I had a really cool time with my friends that night but they were all guys that were 10 years older than me and we were going what are you doing here and yeah. I'm like <laughs> I like this record um yeah uh, but you know, and they have they have good they have a few records as well, so it's not like sure. good, good records. It's not just so. This Grant, one. you haven't seen them play live? No, I have. Okay, I have. Tell they, us your experience oh, of yeah. them playing live. Then. Look, um, I'd, I'd like to recall the year, but I was certainly out of school, um, 
and uh, and at university in Grahamstown, obviously in South Africa, and we we travelled probably a, know, an hour and a half south to a place called Port Elizabeth uh, to see them live at the university centre there. So not unlike you know UQ or we watch them here, um, and I I. I, I I don't like to say it as well, but I, I had a similar experience. So you're talking early 2000s, probably somewhere mm-hmm. around 2000 and maybe 2001, 2002-ish. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they were just a bit tired of, of playing it and maybe they, they weren't that happy in being in you know, um, in South Africa or in or playing playing the gig. But mm-hmm. but I didn't um, I, I didn't enjoy the, the experience and, and wish I hadn't. In fact... Um, it was definitely after the 1996 record, Recovering the Satellites, which I also really enjoyed mm. um, and, and think was right up there. Because unfortunately, since almost since that period, I didn't listen to them for a number of years. Um, I mean, you know, Big Yellow Taxi aside, which is the, you know, the Bob Dylan cover and um, Mrs. Potter's Lullaby, is it? And Hanging Around, the sort of ones that made it into some sort of a um, Aria playlist or something. I didn't... You know, pick up an al- one of their albums and really listen to it, save for the the 2014 album uh, Somewhere Under Wonderland, which I'm not sure if you guys have listened to, but it's really really good, and I only got the radio play that it should have. Okay, um, I had no idea they were still together. So, oh yeah, so yeah, no, definitely didn't listen to that. So I'm I'm um I'm of the opinion that I've, you know, I've got to give people a, a second chance. So they actually toured with Matchbox Twenty. Um, around, I think, the most of America last year, mm-hmm. um, the two of them. I think Carney Crows opened for Matchbox 20, mm. which is which is great. Uh, and, yeah, look, I just, for mine, I, I'm, I am sad that I saw them live at that stage. But, again, maybe it was just, the, you know, the phase that they were going through. It doesn't yeah. seem like it from what you're saying. No. Um, <laughs> um, but, I, the, but I've also listened to, I suppose, there's, there's another album that was, um, that they played out of New York, a couple of live a double disc uh, of of live um, music that is that across the wire across the wire there we go yeah. thank you across the wire which on on the on first listen is a bit confronting I suppose relative to listening to the studio album in and of itself um, but now I actually probably rate the the version of Mr Jones on across the wire more than um, how I rated on this album mm-hmm. um, and to that end uh, catapult is it. Which is on the uh, recovering the satellites, I think. So okay, cool. Um, so some of that, some of that stuff is really valid and, and certainly does resonate. However, yeah. Um, yeah, it's almost like a bit like I've heard the Smashing Pumpkins can be. They just don't play at all mm. um, like what the what the albums are like. And sometimes it's nice to just you know play what the people like. It's what yeah. got you yeah. there. Let's acknowledge that and let's celebrate that in, in and of itself. So. Mm. I was really surprised to find out it was their debut album. Like I listened to it before I started looking up any stuff, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, so they'll this will be like a second or third album." But they they sound really you you feel like they know exactly what they want to do, and for a debut album, that's that's really good. Like the, you really want to be strong right off the bat. Like this is mm-hmm. this is who we are. No no holding anything back. This is exactly what we're gonna do. We're not sort of trying to find ourselves in our first couple of albums or anything like that. Like it's just straight off the bat. Here we go. And they had all been in bands before mm-hmm. and toured and stuff like that. And a lot of what they sing about in this record would be stuff that they've experienced being poor musicians trying to find their way um, and bringing it all together. And then finally this band is where they brought it all together. 
and yeah. became something. So before that, like, uh, you know, even in singing Mr. Jones, they're just talking about how they want to be other people. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's just like that was them living as poor dishwashers and who wanted to make something of themselves. And finally they did it and they yeah. became the Counting Crows, and which is pretty awesome. So, and it, you know, meant that they became international kind of superstars and then get to date members of the cast of Friends and stuff like that. So who did that? What was Adam Duritz and Courtney Cox? Did you not know? I no. didn't know that. Because no. she was in one of their music videos too. Right. Yeah, oh. They dated. Okay. Do you so remember which video? Um, I think I can't remember. It was something from Recovering the Satellites, I think. Okay. So it was pretty early on. Um, wow. But yeah, I, rem- I remember going, going, oh, that's an odd combination because in Friends they always talk about Hootie and the Blowfish as opposed to Counting in the Crows. Yeah. So yeah, Counting Crows. Um, so they dated. So he, they obviously became famous enough that they could date like million dollar a week yeah. superstars. Million dollar so episode, yeah. Yeah, million dollar episode kind of superstars. Good so for them. Uh, that's pretty cool. So I, yeah, that was that's my pop culture reference for you. Which, not knowing anything about the disorder, but probably didn't help. Like dating a famous celebrity superstar and always being in the paparazzi in the public eye probably wouldn't have helped his mental health. No. Uh, who knows? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it would help mine. Yeah. But, you know, that's why I hope Flawless doesn't get so big. Yes. That I'm surrounded by paparazzi. Yeah. Groupies. Yeah, I know. Mm. But, uh, so big, that would be big fans. That would be awful. Um, yes. So, um, rest of the album. Let's talk about it. I um, I found it got a bit quieter during time and time again. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I think it it, it for, for mine after the after the opening where you know you it sort of builds up from obviously from around here, which which is quite reflective, and then you know you got this Middle America, which could be a half take, if only a half on what Middle Middle America is, um, going on to Mr. Jones. Then I find you know, from from Mr. Jones to Perfect Blue Buildings is actually quite a dial back, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, you go into Anna Begins, which is this you know this love song, which you know he's just so comfortable in himself that you know if you don't want to talk about it, then it isn't love, um, and we're going to have to live with that. Um, it was just great, and then almost um, I thought you know time and time again sort of could pick it up a bit or was almost a little more uplifting than, than where we've gone from Anna Begins where he's just you know it's, that's okay and I'm comfortable with it um, depends on how you want to take it I suppose mm-hmm. from time and time again time But then, party song. Yeah, exactly. And then you really do uplift um, with, the, with the Rain King. Um, and it really, for, for mine, I suppose it is, it's, it's not quite an extreme, you know, up and down from an emotional perspective, but it does, it's quite, it's, it's confident. I suppose mm-hmm. from a, for a debut album, I go, really? This is, this, this is their voice, you know, the boy's first shot. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's comfortable enough to go from time and time again to we're going to lift this to go to Rain King um, and then go down to the Ghost Train as well, which is yeah, a little bit yeah, almost dialed back, I suppose, from mm-hmm. the production mm-hmm. perspective. It's, it's also just very confident. Um, and then arguably for mine, the most 
melancholic song is is raining in Baltimore, um, 15 miles east, where you should be, no one's around. Yeah. Um, I I really thought that you could have listening to other albums now on reflection, you could potentially have ended it there. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been a waste. Um, you but missed Sullivan Street, which was one of my favourites. Pardon me. <laughs> That's all right, because it's on after ranking, Sorry, and it yes. just drops it down yep. to Sullivan Street, which is just kind of a quiet, yeah, like um, really again a nice, reflective, beautiful song with lovely poetic lyrics. But mm. um, it's one that my my brother used to walk around the house, um, like just spouting lyrics at me sometimes from CD sleeves. And on this particular <laughs> album, he would take <laughs> things from yeah from Sullivan Street and from uh, Raining in Baltimore, and he just like yes. walk around and just go. What do I need, George? I need a raincoat. I need a raincoat. <laughs> um, in reference to lyrics, Excellent. I'm like, stop ruining it for me, James. <laughs> um, need a phone call. Yeah. He's like, oh, what do I need? And he'd pick up the phone and go, I need a phone call. <laughs> and he'd just be giving me grief. Um, yes. I'm like, stop ruining the pretty songs. Mm. Um, but he would, he, it's left me with warm memories yeah. of uh, childhood uh, albums and stuff. Wow. But huh? Yeah, but it's, you know, I think they have moved some of their quieter ones to the end yeah. before they, they're like grand finale which was which is really i'm gonna say it rare for the final song in an album to be a single yes yes very rare like and again to be on scrubs yeah Uh, but it was like it's like so a murder of one in reference to their counting Mm. crow's name obviously Mm -hmm. um they that was to me was like that's got some of the most beautiful lyrics um that's the one with Walk along these hillsides in the summer, neath the sunshine, I'm feathered by the moonlight. Falling down on me, I said, I walk along these hillsides in the summer, neath the sunshine, I'm feathered by the moonlight. Falling down on me, I said, I will walk along these hillsides. So, yeah, so it's just got that on repeat. And I remember just being a hormonal young person listening to that, going, Yeah, the feathered by the moonlight it's just so nice and it builds yeah Yeah. and it's a Mm. big party song at the end it's not a sleepy time end of record it's a we're having a big blowout you know this is our debut let's let's here we are yeah Yeah. so they've done the opposite of what a lot of bands have done where they usually start with a big song and finish with a quiet one yeah that that song could definitely have been like track four like or like even track two like just nestle in there at the start nice and easy get people into it and you know quite accessible but mm. so it's yeah it's interesting that they put it right at the end yeah mm. it, but it leaves you feeling like for me anyway it leaves me feeling really positive like mm. yeah yeah like full of full of life like this is kind of positive oh absolutely i found raining in baltimore really interesting because i did um as i was listening to it because this was obviously the first time that i'd heard sure. any of it i was sort of thinking yeah i wasn't enjoying it heaps but i was like okay this is kind of like a like a soundtrack to like a movie about a dude trying to find himself or um, like a really not great romantic comedy. And then a lot of their songs sound like the kind of songs where like someone's on the public transport looking out the window and it's raining Mm -hmm. and you're sort of going past those like suburban landscapes and industrial stuff. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then like raining in Baltimore comes up and that's literally what that song is. Like, (laughs) like, okay. So that was, that was my mental impression. And now here's a song that's literally about that. Mm. thing it was like oh okay he's he's in my he's in my head (laughs) get out get out it is a thoroughly painted picture and it is in your in your yeah so that is done yeah but yeah so a lot of it is from is looking at the world and i guess 
I don't know, maybe some of the so some of the lyrics in some of the earlier tracks are a bit more obscure. Um but and some of them are more obvious, I suppose. Mm. Like it's interesting to it's yeah, it's interesting to hear someone else's opinion on an album that you've listened to for the last how long is 25? it? Twenty five? But hey. Came out in yeah, twenty twenty five years old now, the it's, album. It's only twenty five years. So I, I hate learning when things came out. There um, you go. So you mentioned to us when we were talking about this album that uh, Grant, one of your parents, likes really liked this album too. Did they like it right from the start, or did they? Did you introduce it to them? How did they? No, look. It? So it's my my stepfather um, certainly knows the album and 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 is, enjoys, I suppose, pop popular music mm. and and this one he, he was certainly aware of. So um, it, it's quite refreshing. Or you know, how, how do you want to how do you want to take that one? You know, yeah. The parents like it. Do I need to like yeah. it now <laughs> as well? Ah, I don't know. You know. Um, so yeah, um, uh, stepdad liked it, and this it's been according to Wikipedia, it's got professional. It's been you know assessed by professionals, the Encyclopedia of Pop Music, if if that's what mm. you want to. Very serious. Know, very serious. Uh, gave it a five out of five. Rolling Stones at the time, uh, and Uncut both gave it four out of five mm. for um for a debut record, which I think is okay. It never uh, made it to number one though, and none, and none of the. Uh, not even Mr. Jones made it number one on any of the tracks, according right. to on any of the, oh, okay. of the of the charts, according to to my research. Anyway, Aria gave uh, it made its number two, uh, and in Canada made it to number two as well. So right. um, got the silver medal, but never never quite got that gold. Uh, well, in here, I'd like. To, yeah. I'm, I'm pitching for it to get to. As to somebody the gold. that owns a business in a food court, I can assure you that it, Mr. Jones, is remembered highly on yes. those CDs that are played in food courts. Wonderful. Yes, quite substantially known. Um, also, later um, song "Colorblind," which was on this desert life. Yes, I learned to. Uh, I had to sing for my friends. Uh, GCSE, so it's a like grade twelve yes. over here. Yep. Marking, um, assignment. Yeah. He he was playing the piano and he needed somebody to sing the song and he asked me to sing it and I was nice. like, and I was just really impressed that someone else knew who the Counting yeah. Crows were. <laughs> wow. So huh? I was like, okay, that's cool. That's I'll do that. Great. But I think it was used in some like teeny drama or something. It was in a movie. Yeah, I think, I think for so. sure. Yeah, I think so. And so because it was used in a movie or some something yes. that was like all hormonal, um, all we obviously had to play it in grade twelve or grade eleven. So speaking of movies. One thing that always jumps into my mind when I think about Mr. Jones is Richard Gere, mm. who was in a movie called Mr. Jones that came out in 1993, completely unrelated. Yeah. Not not like the song's not on the soundtrack. They're not. They weren't in the film. Club. I always think, oh yeah, they must have been on the soundtrack, or he was in the film. Club. No, just Nothing two completely different entertainment things that happened to come out in the same year called Mr. Jones. Oh, because like the song is about his friend, Marty Jones. Like, yeah, literally. Yeah. That's it. Oh, like really? Yeah. Hanging out with his mate, Marty Jones. Marty. And wanting to Marty, be yeah. like oh. him. And wanting always. to be. Yes. No, but he was looking at himself saying, I want to be like myself. Yeah. I want to be like, so he, that was one of those songs I where he's saying, Bob Dylan. I want to be all these things. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of kind of weird. <laughs> Interesting, eh? Okay. Uh, all right, look, I'm interested. No, we've, we've, I mean, there's not much more I suppose I, need to, I can add on here. Um, apart from getting people's feedback in terms of whether this is actually a flawless album i might start softly with a i, I suppose a, a hopeful ally <laughs> in george Hello. um and, and get your thoughts on whether this is flawless so for me i'm gonna go entirely emotionally and say yes 
this album is for. It's like I can, I've been re-listening to it and I can pick out stuff, but now I'm being fussy. Like I'm being really mm-hmm. fussy because of the way that we run this kind of podcast and the the rifts between us all and how much we <laughs> hate each other outside of these recordings. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think for, for this, I would have put this album down had it not been my fear of Liam's rejection. So uh, for me, it would be a flawless record. This is it's music to my ears, <laughs> and certainly for the three of us, we only we have had only one um, album thus far, as we're all aware of, that has been oh, flawless. Wait, hold, we've had well, oh, with the all the three, three of us. The three of us. Uh, I yeah. can't. Uh, we, we, when we've got two, it doesn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I've got to say, there needs to be quorum. the three of us. A quorum, correct? In the most basic of terms, but we it's got to be sick. quorum. <laughs> so there were people that that didn't attend when there were previous albums that got up there. Um, Obviously, I've put it forward because it is flawless and I am fearless in my pitching of albums that may be viewed as, you know, uh, to the detriment of, <laughs> of Liam's opinions. And, and here we go. Uh, I've got to ask Liam for a, a, a virgin of virtual virgin. Virtual virgin. What are your thoughts, please? Um, well, straight off the bat, I'm definitely not going to say that it was flawless. Oh. Um, Calister Priest. I went into, I, like... <laughs> It's definitely not in my wheelhouse, so George was right to be a little bit concerned that I would not okay. go if, if it was nominated. But I, once it was nominated, I was like, nope, all right, open mind. I'm going to try mm-hmm. and listen to this and get into it. And I, I liked the singles, and I appreciated the musicianship of it. Um, but now hearing you guys talk about the songs, I don't remember how any of them go. None of them stuck with me apart from around here and Mr. Jones at all. So when you guys are talking about them and like how like oh this one does this one, I'm like. I don't remember hearing that. Would you like at me to all. sing the entire yeah. album at you right <laughs> mm. now? I think I'm going to need to. I could probably do the same thing. Can yeah. I do the backing vocals, please? Yeah. Oh, I suppose. <laughs> the other thing I, that also kind of strikes me with this album is that, and this is something that we'll probably talk about more over time, is um, sometimes I listen to a band and I'm like, oh my God, I love that band. It's the best ever. And sometimes I'll listen to a band that's musicianally very similar, instrumentally very similar, but mm-hmm. the voice is different and it just leaves me cold. And so this is where I hit on something with Adam is that when like he sings so emotionally and so soulfully and he puts every part of himself into the, all the music mm-hmm. and I don't connect with him at all. I just can't feel it at all. And it's, if there was another band, I'll probably nominate a band that sounds really similar sure. musically, okay. but has a different vocalist and it'll be like, this is the most amazing band ever. And it's just, there's something in the vocalist sometimes that just doesn't, it just doesn't land for me. And this is one of the ones And I think for this album to work because so much of him is in it, if you don't connect with him, then it just doesn't work. So for me, it didn't it didn't connect at all. Wow, that's okay. It's an excellent assessment. I mean, and, and credit to but yourself yeah, like, for articulating yourself. I definitely in don't such want people manner. to not nominate albums because they think I'll make fun of them. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to go into I'm trying to expand my own that. musical taste and okay. go into go into albums completely open minded. Mm-hmm. But hey, yeah, I, this one just didn't hit the mark for I me. I wasn't sure if either of you were going to like Laura Mulling. So there you go. There you go. All right. Awesome. So thank, I want to thank Grant for bringing this song. Yes, thank you, Grant. That bringing was cool. Bringing this album because it meant I got to play it in front of my partner again. And, yeah. he's like, and he was like, is this the Counting Crows? And he doesn't know anything about music. So. And Emma, Emma for, for that, thoroughly enjoyed it as well. So that's all good, guys. That's why we're here. And, uh, and thanks for your honest and, uh, and open feedback. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Flawless is recorded at the Edge Studios at the State Library in Queensland. And it's a fantastic free space. So please uh, do yourself a favor and go and check them out. I've just listened to us recently on Facebook and I think we sound pretty good. So it's a credit to... That is entirely the studios. (laughs) Yeah, that's entirely thanks to the studio. And Liam for producing. Correct. Thank you very much for Liam. I thoroughly enjoyed um, the fade in and fade outs of of the tracks that we've we've spoken of and no doubt they'll come in here. 
Uh, if you want to get help us get the word out about Flawless, uh, please give us a, re- a rating on uh, your major podcast services, and it helps us, uh, the music lovers, find us too. We've got a Facebook page if you'd like to be part of the conversation. It's on facebook.com forward slash flawless AMP, and that AMP is for a music podcast. We also have a, have a Twitter account so and Flawless AMP as well. So thanks again for listening, and we will chat again soon. Bye.